Hi, welcome to The Invisible Hand. I'm Dylan Buck. And I'm Andrew Long. And this is a podcast about economics. economics. Yay. Uh, So this is a new section we're going to try every week talking about the news so you guys can be more aware of the world around you. We're going to pick a couple topics every week and give you what's happening and kind of some quick ideas about it. Uh, Sound okay to you, Long? Yes. Um, So class will start next week, so this might be a little old news by then, but it's still very important that you guys know what's going on anyway. Right. Um, So econ, gov, it's all civics. It all connects where all your social studies stuff. So we'll start off with something that just dropped yesterday overnight uh, was that Trump and the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, the people who are in charge of controlling disease in this country, decided to place a moratorium on evictions yeah. in America. So what we need to talk about that word moratorium. Um, it sounds kind of uh, strange, complicated, and... Uh, Frankly, I don't think a lot of people are going to know what that means. <clears throat> right, right. So what a moratorium is, uh, as Webster's Dictionary defines, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, what essentially it is, is a temporary prohibition of an activity. So they're prohibiting people from being evicted from their apartments during COVID, right? You can't get right. kicked out if you rent it because COVID has caused rampant unemployment in America. I I heard there's a numbers floating around uh, in KCK that they were close to 20% unemployment uh, a couple months ago. That's, that's, that's great depression levels of unemployment. (laughs) That's around one in five people. One out of every five adults does not have a job currently in Kansas City, Kansas. Now, you might be thinking at first, oh, an eviction moratorium. So people don't have to pay rent anymore um, because, you know, they won't get kicked out of their house. Well, that's kind of true, but Mm -hmm. there's a problem with that. Over time, the money that they don't pay, it's going to accrue. It's going to build up and become debt. So they're still going to have to pay the same amount of money. They just have to pay it at a later date. Right. So it's just it, it's just putting you in debt. Like you said, it's just burying you in a five avalanche of debt that eventually when COVID ends, that, uh, it wraps up because it will. Yeah. Uh, people are going to owe $10,000 in rent back payments. <laughs> right. Com- yeah. Combine the, the, the things we've talked about already. One in five people in Kansas City, Kansas currently is unemployed. They're not making any money. So although maybe this keeps them from getting kicked out of their house, they're going to have a lot. They're going to have like an almost, like Buck said, could be like a $10,000 bill in a few months just to pay for rent. And that's that's catastrophic. That's going to be really, really bad for people that can't afford rent because they don't have jobs right now. Right. Whether it's COVID related or for some other reason. Yep. Uh, th- so this this was passed through by the CDC, right? The Center for Disease Control recommended this happen because evicting people is a 
big health concern. It spreads coronavirus and people don't have places to stay, right? Um, but what the, the projections, I looked these numbers up, was that within the next month or so, there was supposed to be about 30 to 40 million evictions happening in America mm -hmm. due to this economic quagmire we're in. Yeah, and so not only do the people paying rent, are they kind of in trouble, but the people that also own the properties, the landlords that own the houses and rental complexes that these um, folks live in, there was a report in the first 10 days of August that landlords across the nation were taking in 29% less in rent than during the same period in March. Meaning Jeez. that in August, almost 30% of everything that they make is, is down. So they're mm -hmm. only making about 70% of their profit. And a lot of those rental companies, um, may have a, you know a lot of people that they employ to take care of things and whatnot or maybe that's their sole source of income a lot of um, retired folks might rent out uh, various properties they've owned if they were wealthy enough um, which you know maybe it's not as hard for landlords because they're most likely still going to make money and they're still going to have a place to live it is a huge right. problem when the majority of landlord or landlords across the country, um, they're losing money too. So yeah. really, we've just got a huge economic problem in our hands. Right. And it's just going to cycle and cycle and get worse and worse. And again, this is just a band-aid. It doesn't fix anything. Yeah. It's just it's, a temporary stop. That's very true. Um, so we can transition that to the next story. This kind of lines up with that. This is just the end of last week. Uh, the Democratic National Convention, as well as, as well as the Republican National Convention, wrapped up last week, and it was uh, it was interesting. Um, first thing, if you don't know what the Democratic National Convention is and the Republican National Convention is, it's pretty much when the two major parties in America, the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, nominate their key presidential candidate. We already know, obviously, that the Republicans were going to nominate Trump. Right. Uh, and Pence, his vice president. Uh, and if, if you haven't been paying attention, I, I'm sure most of you know this. The DNC also elected Biden and uh, Kamala Harris as well as, as, as his vice president. Um, and it was an interesting uh, look into the two parties, to say so. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, when you look at the, the keynote speakers at both conventions, the uh, DNC yeah. and RNC, and compare who talked, uh, the RNC speakers, um, a lot of them consisted of Donald Trump's own family. Oh, it was is, like seven yeah, of the ten. <laughs> yeah, which is really, really uncommon for um, for any political convention to have almost an entire family go up and speak. Um, right. Normally, you would try to diversify your speakers and have a lot of different people talking, uh, but that was just not the case for the RNC at all. Yeah, it was all, it was all Trump and his kids yep. <laughs> that were up there speaking. And uh, essentially, the, the, the outcome of the RNC was they said essentially that everything's fine, COVID's almost done, uh, and there's nothing they really needed to change. In fact, they don't even have a platform this year, do they, Long? I don't, I don't really think so. 
I, um, I don't think they're saying like this is what we want to change. They're just yeah. saying we're going to keep on keeping on. Yeah. Um, whereas the Democratic National Convention talked about things like trying to increase health care for Americans, especially during this time, mm-hmm. um, trying to provide some kind of uh, uh, economic recovery as yeah, our giving, country is slips. Giving uh, citizens more checks, essentially, so that they can survive. Uh, right, right. That's been big. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that are maybe wondering a little bit about it, if you know who Bernie Sanders was, he was kind of up and coming um, this election as he was in the 2016 election Mm -hmm. running against Joe Biden. Uh, The DNC is pretty much the official thing that says, you know, when they pick their candidate, that's who the Democrats are running with. So, Bernie, you know, obviously he did not get picked. He dropped out of the of the running a long time ago or he suspended his campaign to focus on COVID relief mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. those issues. Um, and so Joe Biden, Obama's former vice president, was the one that did pick up the nomination for that. Uh, yep. That's kind of been old news for a while, but I figured that that clarification is important because a lot of students typically ask about uh, what happened to that old guy that used to scream with his hands <laughs> up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Old man Bernie. Um, one of the interesting things I noticed from, from the, the, the RNC and kind of picking it up, though, is a, a lot of the RNC convention was them warning Americans that if Biden gets elected, that we're going to have no jobs and there's going to be violence in the streets. Mm-hmm. They say in, in, in Biden's America, there's going to be no jobs in this country and uh, there's going to be violence and stuff everywhere. Uh, have you watched the news at all lately, Long? Oh, yeah. It kind of feels like that's what's happening right now. But I thought Trump was the president. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, they're pushing the agenda uh, that essentially all of this yeah, violence that has occurred is because of the Democrats. All, right. of the, all of the protesting between Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, all mm-hmm. of the people being, all of the black people being shot by police officers yep. is um, essentially what Biden's America will look like. But <laughs> right. I, I'm confused also because this is happening while Trump is president. Right. Um, I feel like I'm having a fever dream sometimes. I'm like, is this yes. happening? <laughs> so, so uh, I want to, I want to state now just to just to be clear and to make sure that you all know we're not being biased you should check out the statistics of the rise of hate crimes that have occurred since trump was elected i'll Um, look it up while you talk hate crimes have increased like crazy uh let me look it up um, since trump was elected mostly i'm not gonna pull it up too now um uh, since Trump was elected, a lot of them being anti-Semitic. Now, I should I should clarify: a hate crime is a crime against someone based on their religion, their culture, their race, etc. Okay, mm-hmm. so usually social issues. Um, hate crimes have increased like crazy since Trump became president. It, yeah, New York Times reports uh, were at a 16-year high via the FBI. The FBI put out a report in 2019, I guess. Yeah. So a little bit old, but said that we're at a 16-year high in terms of hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Specifically yeah. targeted against race. I mean, turn on the news, you see that. 
it's it's interesting to see the statistics. The FBI has um, reports that they generate each year. The most up to date one is from uh, 2018 that I see that they've got. Okay. Uh, and the I'm trying to find um, I'm trying to find where their statistics on who is being affected the most. Uh, but if we're going to talk about crime, we should also maybe talk a little about a bit about our local area. Kansas City, Kansas, unfortunately, doesn't get as much press or news as Kansas City, Missouri does. Yeah. Um, big reason. People forget this, it exists. Yeah. Big reason being the size and population. Uh, and frankly, there's only like one sports team for Kansas City, Kansas, which is, uh, you know, soccer, sporting KC, which yeah. I hate to say not as many Americans uh seem to be fans of the point i'm trying to make though is um kansas city missouri is on track to have some of its worst violent crime in history uh, we're beating the records currently for homicides and uh, other violent crimes in kansas city missouri from previous years which is a huge deal you know yeah don't want to sure. live in a place that's extremely violent and that's just something that has been happening uh is trump responsible for those crimes not so much are his followers maybe uh maybe yeah. not it you know a lot of it depends on a case-by-case thing and you got to look at the evidence to see what's happened but what we do know is across the united states of america since trump has been elected hate crimes have increased and certainly the publicity the news that has been covering them has been covering them with more um, depth and focus oh yeah through the roof yeah yeah um speaking of news we can kind of move into the last point we have for the day is uh just recently um a report came out about the election happens in november early november don't worry we're going to talk a lot about it when it gets close um the threats from Russia trying to influence our elections and some information has come out about the way that the Russians influenced our election in 2016 <clears throat> and how they're trying to do it again now. And I think it's important for this class because it tells you a little bit about sourcing, which is, you know, like social studies. That's what we do. Um, and how to vet your news sorts, your news sources and who you can trust and who you can't trust in terms of internet sources and things. Um, so, there was a, a, a website, I think it was called Graphica or something mm. from 2016. Um, and essentially what we know happened in 2016 and they're trying to replicate now is in 2016, they would set up fake news sorts, fake news sources. I believe it was called Graphica. So you might have to check that. But, sure. um, and their sole purpose was they would write fake news stories or make up news stories essentially. Uh, and post them on uh, Facebook. And they would target groups that were either very pro-Trump or very anti-Trump, right? They would kind of go for both sides. And the purpose of trying to go for both sides like that was, first of all, it would spread lies, spread disinformation is what the Russians called it. Um, and it would also divide us, right? It would also make an election that was very divisive as either being pro one way or against one way or pro one pro this or pro that mm -hmm. with their goal simply of destabilizing America. What's uh, what's so crazy about this um, Russian interference is that it was 
it was done on individual levels too. Mm-hmm. So there would be Facebook posts that would spread that weren't real, that were fake accounts made up by Russians just for the purpose of causing discord, for causing like disagreement, chaos, right. anger, or arguments, literally just to start arguments. Um, if you look up the Russian interference of the 2016 United States election on Wikipedia, the article is absolutely massive. It's oh, huge. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So they talk about the RNC for 2016, uh, Jeff Sessions, all of these other um, uh, candidates or, or, or I mean, um, legislators, Yeah, most yeah. of which are conservative, uh, but there are quite a few Democrats right involved uh in cyber attacks also Not, wasn't jill stein I, would, I think jill stein she was green party wasn't she like majorly involved uh i feel like i picked that up somewhere maybe i made that uh, up no I, I see a little bit she was um she was uh let's see there was an investigation on the green party's jill stein for collusions with russia yeah. so yeah, yeah there was definitely some investigations with her also so I'm it shows that it goes yeah it goes both ways they were they were messing with the Republicans and Democrats and the left and the right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the Green Party is, you know, a third party. They're they're going getting down to uh, the groups that people generally, the general public doesn't usually pay that much attention to. Right, right. Um, so they're really getting in on all sides. <clears throat> and so that was that was 2016 that they were doing that. So currently now people are, are noticing it. Where is, in 2016, people picked up on this months after the election was over, which I guess is a good sign that in September now we're already starting to pick up that they're trying to do things. Um, but this year, this election, what they're trying to do or what they have done is they've made fake websites. And this is the crazy thing using deep fakes. You know what those are? Yeah. Like those, the AI faces and AI mm-hmm. people that aren't even real. Yeah. They, super realistic uh, renderings of people. Yeah. Made by computers. Yeah. Uh, they're, making news sites that are staffed by entire deep fakes online not real people fake profiles fake pictures everything uh, and what they're doing is they're hiring real journalists with these fake people some from america some from all over the world to write news stories about this election we're in right now and then they're having those real journalists posted on facebook just like they did in 2016 yeah Right, but the, the the thinking is that in 2016 it was pretty easy to look at those sources and go, "Oh, that's totally fake." But with these real journalists and these deep fakes, it's hard to tell now who's real and who's not, and what news sources or uh, news stories are even real. You know. So, so exactly what Buck's talking about right now. Um, uh, some of you may be listening with your eyes glazed over, thinking, "Why do I have to listen to this thing?" One of the first assignments that you're going to have in really any social studies class is going to be about verifying sources. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've done this probably before if you've taken an American history class, which all of you should have at this point. This is what we're talking about. This is how you do it in real life because you cannot trust every news source that you read. Right, right. You should always question whatever it is that you're looking at um, for to be valid. And you should see who is writing this stuff because, you know, if you can't track this person's location, if you can't find their credentials, if they don't seem uh, to be real, then it's probably a fake site. It might not be, you know, credible. Yep. I mean, so, 
Go ahead, sir. I, I was just going to say, so it's really good to make sure that when you're looking at the news, you do take some things with a grain of salt and honestly get more than one side of the story. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Even with us talking here, like, don't take what we say as true 100% fact. Look it up, you know? Do yeah, your own research. That's a good point. Um, I will say Buck and I are never, ever going to try to lead you astray on purpose. Right, right. We will always do the best that we can to keep you informed. But at the end of the day, you have to think for yourselves. Now, that being said, there are some people that believe that they're, they make huge, bold claims that tend to be conspiracy theories about certain things uh, based on evidence that is just not readily available. That's mm-hmm. not what we're talking about, Okay. We're, we're not talking about, like, like Pete, there are some folks that deny that the Holocaust happened, right? Yeah. That's just not going to fly. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, you know, really, really be mindful about what you're reading mm-hmm. and... Uh, Who's saying it, why they're saying it. Yeah, all exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. Why are they saying it? That's a huge question. What are they trying to get you to think or feel? Yeah, so with that set of stories that'll wrap us up for the news on the week we'll be right back with some basic information to kind of get the class rolling um so uh, three two one and we're back uh Hopefully that stuff wasn't too depressing, all that news. It feels like 2020 is a hallucination. And I'm hoping in 2021 we all wake up from our pods. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a fever dream now, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, um, the... <laughs> Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, we're going to talk uh, now a bit about economics and what that class is, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, because... None of you have ever taken an economics course. You may have touched on some economics in the past, but truly we don't, you probably don't know what exactly we're going to be looking at this semester. Right. Economics is an interesting social study. So we're just going to touch on it real quick and kind of wrap the week up because it's your guys' first week of school. You don't want to be doing this forever, right? Uh, I do, but you know, uh, <laughs> probably don't. So, so, um, Economics is the study of uh, is money, right, Buck? No, absolutely not. No. What do you mean? I thought the economy <laughs> was run by money. Well, money is important to economics, but it's not the study of money. That's more of a business class, even though they call us business economics. Technically, we don't talk about money a ton until you know halfway through the semester. Really, is talking about choice. Ah, so right. it's our choices that show what we truly are. Far more yes. than our abilities. Yes, that's from that Harry, from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I'll say, is that from a book? <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about economics and choices. Economics is the study of choice. You're going to hear that a lot in this class. We're going to beat it into your brain. Economics is the study of choices. Yep. Now, we're talking about individual choices. When you go to buy something like a candy bar simply mm-hmm. making the decision of what candy bar you're going to buy is an economic choice 
Right. But it's not just the little choices either. What are the other choices? Oh, you have, uh, like we said, individuals, you have uh, uh, classrooms, you have school districts, you have cities, you have states, you have countries, you have the entire world when we make a choice, right? Yeah. Uh, you can go from the super teensy tiny to like, what should I eat for breakfast? Or should I eat breakfast today? To the very gigantic, huge, um, should America give more funding to the police or more funding to schools? Or should Kansas give more funding to the police or more funding to schools, right? Those are all economic questions. Yep, so the government makes big decisions for mm-hmm. us. I mean, they make choices for us. We elect yep. them to make those choices. We elect the people that make those decisions um but ultimately in our in our government it's the it's the um, elected officials the people we choose that make those decisions for us the big ones uh, companies yep. make large decisions okay so like if uh, a, a company like microsoft huge famous company if they decide that they're going to make computers out of more renewable sources that's better for the environment, that affects everybody, right? That changes mm-hmm. the world for us. Yep. And the, the weird thing about this class, which you'll kind of see, we won't get too much into the history of economics. You can take that in college and stuff if you really dig this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about economics is that it just exists. Like, it's just out there. You know, like it... There were countries, ancient Rome, for example, that didn't understand economics. And so they really messed up their country and, and their people because they didn't understand the way the system and stuff works. So pretty much what this class is, is not the telling of a story like you get from American or world history. It's more um, kind of opening your eyes in a way to all these decisions that we're making all the time. And what it's supposed to do over time is hopefully help you kind of understand the world you live in a little better which is the goal of all social studies anyway so we talked a bit too about what what is um money got to do with this money is involved it isn't something we talk about much like mr buck had mentioned uh, Mm -hmm. but we do talk about something that that you probably have heard used with the term money before which is the word resources right yep yep resources are what countries and individuals use to create things, right? Mm -hmm. Resources don't have to just be money, though. Resources can be natural resources like trees. Uh, Resources can even be people, the labor that people provide for a country, Mm -hmm. for a company, for themselves. Yep. Yep. And all those things, we don't want to go too deep on that yet, but all those things tie into these choices that we make every day and these choices that our country makes and these choices Mm -hmm. that the world makes and you know all around you so pretty much in this class we're going to be covering really probably three major units um being that we're starting a little bit later in the school year as well Um, but we're going to start this class off with like probably through october just talking about foundational ideas of economics Mm -hmm. right because we can't just throw you into talking about like macroeconomics because there's a lot of basic ideas we have to cover first like what is a resource right like what is scarcity and all this stuff so we'll start off with that then we'll kind of move into the second unit which is going to be microeconomics this will be after october talking about small decisions and individual businesses and decisions they make and how that happens and then we'll wrap up the year talking about big decision things what's happening around the world and how governments make decisions yep 
Yep. Um, so, with that said, um, we have two assignments this week that we're going to be working on. The first one, like we said, is just an intro to class. And then uh, the second one is uh, all about choice. What does it mean to say that economics is choice? And we're going to have you do kind of an example of that. And uh, those will be due by Friday night at midnight. And then next week we'll come back and uh, get a little deeper. Yep. 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 Um, and just to answer the question that many of you may be thinking, will this class make you rich? Yes, 100%. <laughs> it will make you rich yep. with knowledge about how <laughs> decisions are made on individual levels and large levels. This, this is edutainment. We're edutaining you. Yes. And by the way, I think you can find this podcast on Spotify too. So if you have Spotify... Uh, in the classroom, I'm, I'm going to link it to our anchor account. But if you have Spotify, you can just follow this podcast on there. And anytime we make a new one, it'll pop up and tell you. And if this podcast gets successful enough, will there be t-shirts with my face and Mr. Buck's face? Yes. Absolutely. Or we could do a t-shirt battle where there's uh, one with my face and one with your face. And then we see <laughs> who who's gets purchased, who get, who, whose face uh, gets purchased more. I think I'd just buy a thousand of them. And just be like, I don't know, man. My kids are just about it. <laughs> you going to rig it? Yeah, man. I am, actually. All right. So with that, we will check back in with y'all on the podcast, that is, next week. Goodbye. Deuces.